Welcome to Clutch Time with Mike on the Mic. It's your boy Mike, and I'm back with another episode. Today is my first video version of the podcast, so bear with me as I work out all my kinks and everything, but I'm just trying to get right, and I just want to upgrade doing videos versus just being able to hear it. Um, so, of course, this week we're going to talk about Wild Card Weekend because it is the weekend and it's the playoffs for the NFL. We're also going to talk about two legendary coaches who one retired and one part of Wave was the organization. So, uh, just to get started, let's go ahead and get right into those Wild Card Weekend picks. So, uh, tomorrow, Saturday, the first game we got is the Browns versus the Texans. Um,. As much as I love what C.J. Stroud, what the Texans has been doing, who's going to definitely be the Offensive Rookie of the Year, he's probably going to make a first-team all-rookie NFL. Um, I don't know if y'all have seen Joe Flacco and what he's been doing this year since he was sitting on his couch and then went and basically saved the Browns season. Um, Give me the Browns. Give me the Browns in that game. Uh, I believe Joe Flacco's got the experience. He's got the wherewithal. He knows what he's doing. He's been there before. He's won a Super Bowl. And playoff Joe is a real thing. Uh, Joe Flacco in the regular season, outside of this season, wasn't really all that special. But Joe Flacco in the playoffs is something to behold and something to see as Peyton Manning, as Tom Brady. Joe Flacco is not to be messed with. Um, the game is in Houston, but uh, Joe Flacco definitely travels with his playoff experience. So give me the Browns in that game. I'll say the Browns win. Um, I'll say the Browns win a close one. I'll say the Browns win the game 31 to 24. I think they win by a touchdown. Um, CJ Stroud's rookie year comes to a close, um, unfortunately, but. He's losing to a, a seasoned veteran and a, a proven winner in Joe Flacco. Like I said, he was sitting on his couch for most of the season, and he got off the couch and came and saved Cleveland's season. I think um, C.J. Stroud's future is bright. I think D'Amico Ryan's future is bright. I think he'll win Coach of the Year for, for what he's done with the Texans, with all those rookies. And uh, what wasn't expected of the Texans was not to win the division uh, this year. They weren't expected to compete let alone being a playoffs. They weren't expected to be a competitive team. But um, he's turned that franchise around. He's got his quarterback. He's got his uh, defense. The Houston Texans are going to be a problem here here shortly, a real problem for the NFL. I think C.J. Stroud, within a few years, will definitely be a top-10 quarterback, maybe top-5, depending on how his career goes. But I can see the Texans making noise for years to come. But give me the Browns in that game, 31-24. Um, the next game, the Dolphins and the Chiefs. <clears throat> the Dolphins had a chance to be at home. They had a chance, but they blew it in week 18 against the Bills at home. Um, they lost to the Bills twice this year, and Tua has shown that, going back to what Cam Newton said, Tua is a game manager. Granted, he's got Jalen Waddle, he's got Tyreek Hill, he's got Raheem Mostert, Devin A. Chain. Um, I forget the other wide receiver's name that's on that team. He's got weapons, but Tua is a the definition of a game manager. Like they're not. I just, I just don't see him leading leading the Dolphins against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And it's in Kansas City, and the weather in Kansas City this weekend is reportedly supposed to be below zero. It's supposed to be like negative thirty degrees. With a negative wind chill. So it's going to be freezing. And you know down in South Beach in Miami, it is warm. So the Dolphins are going to have to adjust to that. 
<clears throat> Tyreek may be the only one that doesn't need to adjust because he played in Kansas City, but the rest of those guys who are used to warm weather, it's going to be tough for them. It's going to be real tough for them. Um, give me the Chiefs in that game. I won't say it'll be a blowout because the Chiefs offense has looked real pedestrian um, this year. I'll say the Chiefs win that game 28-14. to 14. I don't think that the, the Dolphins will be able to score. I think the Chiefs defense is very much improved this year. So give me the Chiefs and give me Patty Mahomes at home against the Dolphins. And then uh, Sunday, we got the Steelers and the Bills. <clears throat> Why is this significant? Uh, the Bills don't have uh, Gabe Davis, so they're down a wide receiver. And the Steelers don't have their leader and best player, TJ Watt. He's out with, a, I believe it's a, a PCL or an LCL, uh, something wrong with his knee. He's hurt, so he's out. Um, it's in Buffalo. The Steelers' defense definitely travels on the road, even though it's going to be freezing up in Buffalo. Um, as y'all have heard me say on this podcast before, I'm not a believer in Josh Allen. I'm just not. He's going to throw you the, he's going to turn the ball over. Like it's going to happen and you can't turn the ball over. Like he did very badly against the Dolphins last week and think that you're going to win in the playoffs. That's just not how the playoffs work, especially not against, against a team like Pittsburgh, whose defense is very opportunistic. And if you throw them the ball, they're going to turn that into points. Whether it be the defense running it back for a pick six or a fumble recovery or whatever the case may be, or their offense getting on the field and they run it down your throat with Najee Harris or uh, whoever the wide receivers are. I can't think of their names. They're not coming to me right now. But Mike Tomlin will have Pittsburgh ready to play. Um, Because as much as I'm not a fan of Josh Allen, I think he's a superior quarterback to whoever's going to be playing quarterback for the Steelers. So I think that'll be the the determining factor. Um, Give me the Bills in that game. Uh... Give me the Bills in that game, twenty-one to seventeen. I think that they they are able to score touchdowns and put it in put it in the box. I think the Steelers will be able to score, but I think that their offense will will stall out quite a few times because they just don't have an answer at quarterback, and they're missing their best defensive player on T.J. Watt, so they're missing that dominant piece on the defensive line as well as their emotional leader. Um, so give me Buffalo in that game, <clears throat> and then who else we have? We have the Packers and the Cowboys. Send Dallas, where Dallas has only lost, I believe, one game at home all season. Um, give me the Cowboys. Uh, the Packers, I'm surprised, to be honest, that they're in the playoffs, let alone going to be competing against the Cowboys. Um, I thought the Cowboys, I thought the, excuse me, I thought the Packers were going to take a step back this year with Jordan Love as their quarterback and not having a lot offensively and not having a lot defensively. But somehow um, they've made it and they're in the playoffs as a wild card. Um, They're going to uh, Cowboys Stadium and going against Dak Prescott and that ferocious defense that they've got um, and all those weapons with CeeDee Lamb making first team all pro who's made the jump from being a fringe top 15 receiver to arguably being top five, definitely top 10 now 
arguably in top five, depending on who you want in your top five wide receivers. Me and my boy Fox had this discussion the other day. Would you put CD in there? I said no because I feel like you got to do it for more than one year. But if we're just basing it off this year, then yes. But if we're talking about overall, then no, not yet. Maybe if he does it next year, if he does it again next year, then I can slide him in my top five. But he's definitely top ten. There's no no question about that. And I believe Dak Prescott made second team all pro this year. Um, <clears throat> over He didn't get it over Lamar Jackson, who I think is going to win his second MVP um, so give me the Cowboys in that game. I think it'll be too overwhelming for the Packers. I can see it being a blowout, to be honest, because the Cowboys at home have been top notch. They have been on their game at home. So I can see the game being something like 30 to 13 and the Packers have their best, uh, cornerback Jair Alexander. He's questionable for the game. So if he's not being able to play CD Lamb is going to feast on that secondary. Um, yeah, give me the Cowboys in that game. And then the best storyline of the weekend is the Rams versus the Lions. Why is it a storyline? Because um, Matt Stafford used to play in Detroit for a long time, and Jared Goff was the quarterback who took the Rams to the Super Bowl a few years ago who ended up losing against the Patriots. Now Jared Goff is the quarterback of the Lions, and Matthew Stafford is the quarterback of the Rams. So it's a homecoming from Matt Stafford, and it's – uh, a reunion, not a reunion, but it's basically just Jared Goff going against his former team and his former coach who knows his tendencies. So it's going to be interesting to see the game inside of the game there. What uh, Sean McVay is going to come up with for uh, for his defense to go against Jared Goff. Um, <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, when I saw earlier, I believe I'm on, uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown, the wide receiver for the, the Lions made first team all pro, which he's definitely deserving of that. He's been a breakout star this year. Um, I know Aaron Donald made first team all pro the most dominant defensive tackle I've ever seen in my life. Um, if you want to argue with me about it, we can argue about it, but give me Aaron Donald over anybody who's ever played the, the defensive tackle position. He is just, oh, I would hate to have to block him. If I had to block him, I'd tell the coach, hey, man, I'm probably going to get called for some holding penalties. I might get blown up a few times. That's just being honest. That's just respecting your opponent. Not saying that I would get destroyed every play. I think I'd hold my own, but if he got the better of me, I'd walk over to the coach like, hey, man, it's Aaron Donald. What you expect? Um, again, another surprise and surprise the Rams are in the playoffs because of the way that they started. I feel like a few years ago when they won the Super Bowl, they went for broke. They, they spent all their money to upgrade their roster. They went and got Matt Stafford. They gave Aaron Donald an extension. Um, they had Jalen Ramsey on that team. They went and got Odell. Um, they just did everything they could to basically what happened to the New England Patriots. They went for broke to win as many Super Bowls and contend as much as they could, and now it's hard for them to upgrade their roster. But here they are in the playoffs going against Detroit. It's in Detroit. Um, <clears throat> Detroit has been good all year. I think that they really got shafted out of that game against the Cowboys. Uh, I, I won't get into the whole, you know, what happened, but I think they should have won that game. And if they would won that game, I think they would have had a chance to compete for the number one seed and possibly have a bye this week. But unfortunately, they didn't win the game. So now that they're, I don't know what seed they are, but they have to play this week because only the one season each conference get the bye. So that would be Baltimore and San Francisco who are not playing this weekend. Um, but give me the Lions in that game. 
Uh, I think the Lions win 24 to 17. I feel like it'll come down to the Lions having the ball last and Jared Goff has shown that he can produce in the biggest moments. Uh, he's shown that over this season. He's shown that ability in his career some, not all the time, not to maybe the level of a Matthew Stafford, but I feel like the Lions will be able to keep it relatively close, and I believe that the defense will shine and they'll win that game 24-17. to And then the big game on Monday night is the Eagles and the Bucks. Um It's crazy. Not even a month and a half ago, the Eagles were 10-1 and on top of the NFL world, and they were doing it. Um, I'm going to pick an upset here. Give me the bucks. Sorry to my boy Ray. Sorry to my boss, Shawana. I know she's, she's not feeling the Eagles and what they're doing offensively or defensively, but... I don't know where the disconnect is with the Eagles, but they don't look the same offensively. They don't look the same defensively. They just don't look like the same team that they were last year. They look like they don't have any confidence in what they're doing. And I know there's been reports that a lot of that comes from the fact that uh, apparently A.J. Brown, the wide receiver that they got from the Tennessee Titans, apparently he's causing a lot of friction in in the locker room about not getting the ball and not being featured on offense with Devontae Smith being there as well, as where as well as um I can't think of who their tight end is, but whoever the Jalen Hurts is throwing the ball to is when it's not AJ Brown, he has an issue with it and he makes it known on the sideline and in the locker room. And apparently that is causing a lot of discord in their locker room. So that may be the root of the root cause of the problems. But I cannot sit here and say that A.J. Brown is the reason they're not scoring offensively and why their defense looks so bad. For whatever reason, their secondary looks very suspect. They can be scored on. Their front seven isn't able to get stops. They're not able to get off the field on third down, and it's causing them to be on the field longer, which is causing them, what's causing teams to be go down and score. They can't hold a lead. They were up, if I'm not mistaken, they were up like 21-6 to against the Cardinals. Um, the last game of the season, not the last game, the second to last game of the season, they ended up losing, I believe it was 31 to 28 or 34 to 28, whatever it was. And they just can't hold leads. And Jalen Hurts doesn't look like the same quarterback that he was last year. That goes back to when you give these quarterbacks big money, will they still be the same player that they were before they got the money for him? He just hasn't looked like the same guy this year. He just hasn't. And they're, if the Eagles fan want to say that it's this, that, and the third, that's cool. Something's going on. And I will say this. If the Eagles lose after going starting off the season 10-1 and and going to the Super Bowl last year, I think the head coach, Nick Sirianni, <clears throat> if he got fired, it would not surprise me. And I think if they fired him, I think the first call that they'll make um, – I don't think that they'll call Bill Belichick because I don't think Bill Belichick's – I don't think his personality and all of that would fit in Philly. But if I was Philly and I fired Nick Sirianni, the first person I'm calling is Mike Vrabel from the Tennessee Titans. That was a shocker to me that the Titans fired him. I know they said they wanted to go in a different direction, and I, I detailed all that in a, uh, another video that you can see on my Instagram page as well as my YouTube page. But um, <clears throat> if I was the Eagles and I fired Nick Sirianni, hire Mike Vrabel. I bet you that would 
instantly turn around the Philly Philly's fortunes, and I bet money that they would make a lot of noise next year, win the division, possibly make a lot of noise in the playoffs and get back to the Super Bowl with him as a head coach. He's a fantastic head coach. He's one of the best I've seen in the game. Uh, still, like I said, I can't believe that the Titans got rid of him, but, I mean, I'm not in that, that front office. I don't know what happened. I don't know if there was discord between the owners and him or whatever the case may be, but they let him go. He's a free agent out here. Um, from what I've seen, from looking at Adam Schefter's tweets and looking at various NFL insiders, I haven't seen where he's been interviewed by anybody, so I don't know if he wants to maybe sit out a year and then come back to coaching or what the case may be. But if Nick Sirianni gets fired from the Eagles if they lose Monday, if I was uh, Harry Roseman, the GM of the Eagles, my first call is to Mike Vrabel to say, hey, can you come in for an interview? Let's see if your philosophy fits with what we're trying to do here and how that will work. And like I said, if he gets hired in Philly, watch out, watch out, watch out. So those are my NFL picks for Wild Card Weekend. Um, it's going to be a great weekend of NFL football. And shout out to uh, the Michigan Wolverines for winning the national championship, beating Washington on Monday night. Um, that was... Jim Harbaugh at his best, doing what he does best. He's he's a CEO kind of coach. He let his offensive coaches coach. He let his defensive coaches coach. And um, <clears throat> the Michigan defense was able to shut down Michael Penix. He looked very, very pedestrian in that game. And uh, for the running back from Michigan, I cannot remember his name to save my life. But the fact that uh, I believe after two carries, he had two carries for 87 yards and two touchdowns, it was back-to-back, like boom, boom. And um, Michigan, I know that there was whispers that they were going to give Jim Harbaugh an extension, but in that in that contract, a clause was if we give you this extension, you can't then therefore leave and go to the NFL. So from my knowledge, he didn't sign the extension. So if Jim Harbaugh leaves Michigan and goes back to the NFL, I hope he lands in Tennessee because I think he's a good coach and I'd love for my Titans to have him. If not in Tennessee, I can see him in San Diego with Justin Herbert with a, a young May Brady quarterback or um, who else got fired? Uh, I know Las Vegas has an opening. Um, if Philly fires Mike, uh, Nick Sirianni, if they don't get Mike Vrabel, I can see them going after Jim Harbaugh. New England's well, New England already hired their coach with Jared Mayo. That was in his contract that he was going to be the successor to Bill Belichick. So, yeah, man. Um, if Jim Harbaugh leaves Michigan, then they're going to be needing new new head coach, and then you know going into this new Big Ten, it's going to be rough waters for them. But shout out to them for winning. Uh, the national championship this year. And shout out to my boy EJ because as soon as Michigan scored, he's texting me. And every time Michael Penix threw an incompletion, he's texting me like, I thought you said he was going to throw all over us. This, that, and third. So there's his props, EJ. You got it. I gave him his props. Leave me alone. Um, <clears throat> but let's talk real quickly about two of the greatest coaches in football history. Not just professional and collegiate. I'm talking about in the, in the time that football has been established till today, right now, two of the greatest coaches I've ever seen in my life that I would love to play for either one of them. Um, first, let's talk about the GOAT of college football. His name is Nick Saban. He retired on, what's today, Friday, 
I believe he retired on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I believe it was Wednesday. I think I woke up to that news that he had retired, and I just, you know, I couldn't believe it because I just felt like he was going to be there forever. But he did come out in an interview and state that he spoke with a recruit's mom, and her concern was he's getting older in age. Was she, was he going to be there the entire time that her son was there? So I think when you have to start to get those questions, then maybe it is time for you to step away. And just because Michigan, or not Michigan, just because Alabama didn't win the national title this year doesn't mean that that was a, a failure on his part. They lost that game, as I've, I've chronicled in detail. They lost that game to Texas in September by 10 points, which was the biggest loss in uh, Nick Saban's tenure at, at Alabama. And he uh, turned that around. And they reeled off, I believe it was 11 straight wins or 10 straight wins. Won the SEC championship. They beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. They made it to the college football playoff and were literally one play away from tying that game to go to a second overtime against Michigan. But for whatever reason, it didn't work, and they lost. And Michigan went on to win the national championship. <clears throat> so let's talk about Nick Saban. Nick Saban in his career was 297-71-1. He won seven national championships, six at Alabama, one at LSU. He won 11 SEC championships. He won one uh, MAC title. He's a five-time SEC Coach of the Year, two-time Bear Bryant Coach of the Year, two-time Walter Camp Coach of the Year, two-time AP Coach of the Year. <clears throat> he had head coaching stops at Toledo, where he won the MAC championship, at Michigan State, at LSU, where he won his first national title, and then at Alabama, where he's going to be most remembered for what he built at Alabama, 17 years of dominance. From the time he got there in 2007, I believe that first year, I believe the Crimson Tide were 7-6, and six, something like that. They weren't Alabama yet. And then from 2008 until this year, uh, I believe he had double-digit wins every year. Like I said, six uh, six national championships. Um, I believe it was off the top of my head. I believe it was nine times in the uh, the playoffs. He won the BCS national championship. He's just the goat of college football coaching. Um, I don't have an argument for you. If you want to bring any other name to that discussion, they pale in comparison to Nick Saban. What he did at Alabama was phenomenal, in my opinion. Like, it just, Nick Saban was the only coach who could literally go to a kid, uh, he'd go to a kid's uh, living room with his parents, look the kid dead in his eye, and look his parents dead in the eye and say, hey, if your kid comes to Alabama, he will win a national championship. Within his three or four years that he's here, he'll win a national championship. He's the only coach that can say that because they were winning so frequently. They had so much success at Alabama. He dominated teams left and right, teams that thought they had a chance. Um, I forget what year it was, but they played USC in the opening uh, in, uh, in the first game of the season, and uh, USC came out. I believe USC was ranked like 11th in the country that year or whatever it was. Alabama was ranked top five, maybe probably one in the country, whatever it was, and it was hailed as a big matchup. And Alabama won that game 54-6. to six. Um, Nick Saban, 
you know, the way that he preached, the way that his attention to detail, his coaching tree is crazy. Just think about it. His coaching tree is Kirby Smart, two-time national championship winner at Georgia. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, uh, uh, national championship winner at Florida State, who recently got fired at Texas A&M. Um, Ed Ogeron, who won a national championship at LSU, one of the most decorated coaches in college football history. Um, who else was on that team? Steve Sarkeesian, Sark at Texas. Sark, who went to the NFL. Sark, who was the mastermind behind that 2020 Alabama National Championship team, who then uh, parlayed that into getting the head coaching job at Texas. Um, there's probably some other people I'm missing, but his coaching tree is long and phenomenal. Nick Saban is fantastic as a coach. I hate to see him go. I hate the college football is losing the goat of coaching. Um, it would not surprise me if he went home for a year or two and, re, you know, re-energized his batteries and then came back at some other school and then continued on his dominance and just did like a lot of coaches did. He just coached until he couldn't coach anymore. Um, that wouldn't surprise me if he pulled something like a Joe Paterno and just coached and coached and coached until literally he couldn't coach anymore or something like my high school coach, uh, Mr. Bob Proley, rest in peace, sir. Um, if Coach Bob coached until literally he was in a cart having to ride around on the practice field to coach the kids up. That's how long he coached. I believe Coach Bob coached well into his 90s until he un- unfortunately passed away about two years ago. Um, but I've, I see, I can see that happening for Nick Saban. And also Nick Saban did coach in the NFL with the Miami Dolphins and how different Alabama's tenure may have been or his tenure at Alabama may have been. He may have never went had he parlayed that Miami job into what he did at Alabama in the NFL by getting Drew Brees as a head coach or as a quarterback, excuse me, um, to be his quarterback versus Dante Culpepper. And we know what Drew Brees is. In my opinion, me, me, my opinion, I believe Drew Brees is a arguably top five quarterback of all time. If you didn't want to put him in your top five, I understand. I get it. I'd argue with you, but I get it. Um, if he's not top five, he's definitely top 10. If you're going to tell me that Drew Brees is not a top 10 quarterback, I don't want to talk sports with you. I don't. Sorry. Um, that segues into my next uh, point about having a quarterback uh, making a coach look great or having great players making a coach look great. As a coach, you have to have players to look good. There's just there's just no way around that. You're not going to take the worst of the worst players. You, and no amount of coaching can can substitute talent. You got to have talent to be able to win. You got to be able to to mold that talent into what you want. And you got to be a leader of men, as uh, I believe that was Shannon Sharp that used to say that, or maybe it was Skip Bayless. One of them to say you have to be a leader of men. And I think this man, Bill Belichick, was definitely a leader of men. Bill Belichick, while these last few years in New England has looked terrible as a head coach in New England, and like I said earlier, I think the last few years in New England, they went for broke. They were spending a lot of money trying to win as many Super Bowls as they could because they felt like probably Tom Brady's uh, career was coming to an end and he was going to retire as a New England Patriot. But he did. He ended up leaving and going to Tampa Bay and winning another one. He just retired. Uh... Last year, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, last year he just it feels like it was longer than that, but he just retired last year. So, um, not having Tom Brady, you know, just made the Patriots look really bad. And we we can all we can agree to disagree, but to me, 
My GOAT quarterback, if I could have one game, I want Aaron Rodgers because I think Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. But if you're talking about resume, it's easily Tom Brady. It's easily Tom Brady. Six-time Super Bowl winner. I think he's got four or five Super Bowl MVPs. I think he's got three or four regular season MVPs. The GOAT quarterback, he's got every statistical category covered as far as quarterbacking. He's got touchdown, passing yards. Uh, I don't think he has completion percentage, but completions, games, all of that. Tom Brady has all of that. He played 20, 20 plus years, and Tom Brady could throw the ball, so he should have all those records. Um, Bill Belichick is a head coach. He was the head coach of the Cleveland Browns and the New England Patriots. He's a six-time Super Bowl winner as a head coach, but I believe he won eight Super Bowls. I believe he won two with the New York Giants where he was an uh, assistant coach and one of Bill Barcells. Um, he's a three-time AP Coach of the Year. Um, he's got 12 Super Bowl appearances. He's got 31 playoff wins, uh, which is the most all-time. He's got 17 division titles in the AFC East, which is the most for any head coach. For his career in the regular season, he's 302 and 165. Um, I believe that's good for fourth or fifth all-time in wins. And then he's 31 and 13 in the playoffs, as I said, um, for a career record of 333 and 178. So to me, Bill Belichick is the GOAT NFL head coach. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yes, he had Tom Brady. Yes, he had good players. But like I said earlier, as a coach, you got to have good players to be able to win. Even the best coaches with the worst players are not going to produce. It's just not going to happen. you got to have talent. And he was able to mold that talent into six Super Bowl wins. And everybody couldn't play in New England. It's a proven fact. Everybody can play up there. I think Chad Johnson or Ocho Cinco, I believe he's one of the greatest wide receivers to ever play this game. But even he went to New England and looked Real pedestrian. Randy Moss went to New England and revived his career. Everybody can't couldn't play in New England. Everybody couldn't play for Bill Belichick. Um, I think it took a different kind of player to be able to play for him. And um, Tom Brady was the best at it for 20-plus years. And that one year that he got hurt. And this is why I always bring up why I think Bill Belichick is the best coach ever. Because the Patriots... Went undefeated in 2007. They ended up losing the Super Bowl. Ended up finishing, I believe, it's 19 and one, um, or 18 and one, whatever it was. They were 18 and one um, that season. They lost Super Bowl to the Giants. Then the next year, Tom Brady tears his ACL in the first game of the season with a low hit to his knee, and Matt Castle comes in and is the quarterback. And Matt Castle, up under Bill Belichick, was able to parlay that into. 10 wins, I believe they went 10-6 and six that season. I believe they missed the playoffs. Uh, they didn't get a wild card or they didn't win the division. But the fact that he was able to replace the GOAT, Tom Brady, with Matt Castle, who parlayed that season into a big contract in Minnesota, I believe is where he went. Um, he, he parlayed that into a big contract. Let's me further know that Bill Belichick knows what he's doing. The only reason they've looked so bad in New England these last few years is because He's got Mac Jones as a quarterback who looks like he'll complain to the manager at McDonald's or at Cookout or something like at a fast food joint. Mac Jones, just not the answer. He's not. Now, while the Patriots, uh, Bill Belichick, Colin Carter's defense, now the Patriots' defenses look good. They look substantially better this year um, than they have in the last two years. But 
I believe it was just because he didn't have a quarterback. Had he been able to get a, a decent quarterback, somebody who's at least serviceable, I believe that they would have done a lot better um, than what, what they've looked this year. But to me, Bill Belichick is the GOAT quarterback or GOAT coach in the NFL, and Nick Saban is the GOAT coach in college. There's no debate there for either of those coaches for me. Um, if you want to debate that, that's fine. That's cool. You can debate with yourself. Don't debate with me. I know Skip Bayless will probably say that he doesn't believe Bill Belichick is the best coach ever because he's such a Tom Brady fan, but I'm sorry. Skip is just a hater. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Give me Bill Belichick over any coach in the NFL to play for and to to go and learn up under. The only other coach in the NFL right now that I think I'd want to go learn up under, if I could learn from Bill Belichick, is Mike Tomlin because I think Mike Tomlin is a fantastic, wonderful coach. 17 seasons in Pittsburgh, never had a losing season. So obviously he knows what he's doing, but as far as championships, him and, and Bill Belichick are on two different levels. Give me Bill and then everybody else. And in college, give me Nick Saban and everybody else. I don't think anybody in college is going to match the run that he had at Alabama. I don't think with the way that the college football is now with the NIL and the transfer portal, it's very hard to keep players. If kids get over-recruited, like if you were a five-star this year, you go in and then another five-star comes in after that and he's better than you and he outperforms you in summer camp and then he ends up starting. Now you're on the bench. You can transfer out and, and don't have to sit a year. And then with NIL, with making money, depending on, let's just say, for example, uh, a school like what's a, a school like Pittsburgh, let's just say Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh Panthers, um, Say they get a five-star wide receiver, and then he has a good season, and then there's whispers or rumors that maybe he's thinking about transferring. If he decides to enter his name in that portal, as soon as he submits his paperwork and his name shows up in the portal, he can talk to other coaches. He can do whatever he wants to, and he can even pull his name out of the portal and go back to that school. But in Pittsburgh, are you going to be making the kind of money for name image likeness that you could be making at, say, a Georgia or a Texas or a USC or a Florida State, Miami, one of the big blue bloods of college football. Are you going to be making that kind of money at Pittsburgh if that's what you want? If you want to make money, then you're probably going to end up at a big school. If you just want to go there to play, then you might stay your entire time at Pittsburgh um, versus going to a bigger school. So I think with that, I think I know the NIL hasn't been – and uh, hasn't been legal, but for, I believe, what are we going on, three years now? So Nick Saban was able to navigate that, them three years. And then before that, whether they were paying their players up under the table, I don't know. I'm not going to accuse them of that. But if I'm not mistaken, just off the top of my head, I believe from the time that Nick Saban was the head coach at Alabama from 2007 until 2024, I believe that... Alabama either had the number one or number two ranked recruiting class the entire time he was there. So he could recruit with the best of them. He could literally get any player he wanted. And like I said, at one point, he could go into a kid's uh, living room and say, hey, if you come play for the Crimson Tide, I'm going to coach you. You're going to have a lot of talented players there with you. So if you want to you know, be great here, you're going to have to put in the work. You're going to do what you got to do. But if you're here and you're a starter and you're a player and you want to you know, get going to the NFL, you can win a national championship here at Alabama and you can arguably be a first-round pick. I believe he had 
49 first-round selections at his time at Alabama. So if you wanted to make it to the NFL, why not go play for Nick Saban? He coasted in the NFL, and I just uh, – he's just fantastic. I can't say enough about him. And I think Nick Saban and Bill Belichick are cut from the same club. Their attention to detail is – Magnificent. I think that's what made them great. They didn't let anything that they would accept in a win come through in a loss. So if you're losing and you come off the field and you're having, you know, bad body language, uh uh-uh. Just last week when we were beating the crap out of whoever we were beating the crap out of, you were hype and happy. So you were hype and happy then, that's cool. Don't be hype and happy about a loss, but don't don't shrug your shrug your shoulders and drop your hair because we're losing. Anything I I'll take in a win, I won't I, I won't take in a loss. So yeah, yeah, man, we lost two of the greats. Dick Saban retired. I don't know what Bill Belichick's going to do, but um, if he decides to never coach again, I don't think his coaching record will be. Uh, I don't think his coaching record will be touched, in my my opinion. Um, yeah, man, that's all I got for y'all this week. Uh, again, it's been clutch time with Mike on the mic. You can listen to this on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, just about anywhere you can get your podcast. This video will be uploaded on my YouTube channel, which is underscore 345 Mike underscore. Um, so it'll be up there to view. So I hope everybody enjoys this new uh, thing that we're doing with the videos versus just being able to hear it. But until next week's episode, I'll holla at y'all.